He's a cop from the 90s who just woke up in the 21st century. I've been dreaming about killing you for 40 years. She's his new partner. What I wouldn't do for some action. With all the right moves. I'm impressed. And all the wrong phrases. You take this job, you can shovel it. Close enough. Sylvester Stallone, Wesley Snipes. Demolition Man, rated R. Starts Friday, October 8th. never been a movie made in the history of filmmaking that is more 90s than demolition so well maybe <laughs> yeah that's, that's, my, that's, that's actually my takeaway that's not a bad take but we really we have to get into who's funnier rob schneider or roy schneider so i mean that's or what be. or wesley snipes or wesley snipes <laughs> uh, uh, oh my god I remember, can't the wait to se- about remember the sequel that you wrote david called demolition david yes yes an immediate follow-up to demolition man yeah and it uh you know it's the it's from the ashes of the first movie and then in a big cube my naked body's in a frozen you know disc and then i my fist punches through Mm. and then it says demolition david titles and that was the teaser too and that just blew the roof off of uh, yeah yeah well <laughs> well welcome back to another episode of reconsinimation i'm john diner i'm david munchak and i'm brent hutchins and this is the podcast that takes a look back at some of our favorite films from the 70s 80s and 90s and i think we're talking about our ultimate favorite today is that right guys the alt fave yes, the <laughs> ultimate favorite <laughs> yep a uh, 90s a-thon yeah. This is a this is a big 90s movie. We we love 90s movies here and I, I'm so excited to just keep diving in. Like that was it last year we did the uh 90s Winter Wonderland and which which right. one of those films was Cliffhanger. So this year while we're not doing a 90s Winter Wonderland, we did want to uh stick with the Stallone theme. So we're going to take a look at <laughs> A movie that is surprisingly relevant in 2020. Uh, who would have thought? It's Demolition Man. Yeah. All right. Woo. 90s, the, 90s, the, 90s. The beloved Demolition Man. Beloved. One of Sylvester Stallone's most beloved films. Uh, probably one of the top ones of the 90s for sure. Could I just ask really quick? Uh, should we take a little poll? Is this a Christmas movie? Is anybody... I'm going to pass, for... pass on that. What the know? heck? I'll say it is. <laughs> <laughs> Why? What the heck? There's cryogenic freezing, therefore there is ice. I well, don't... if it's cold and there's ice, ice makes you think of winter, and the only thing you think of in winter is Christmas. So right. there you go. Okay. All right, perfect. Uh, gotta, gotta, gotta be. So, Was there something more watching. to that, David? Did you have another lead for Christmas? No, I, I'm just curious. I mean, we're we're just breaking out of the season. You know, mm-hmm. I just still on my mind. I still have the decorations up. The tree's still here. Mm-hmm. I haven't watered it in weeks. Um, it's it's not looking good, but I'm still hanging in there with the season. You're a you're a May first kind of guy taking your Christmas decorations down, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, May first they go down. Um, August thirty first they go up. Yeah, so yeah, that's fine. There's that's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> 
I mean, it's California. You just leave the lights up all day or all, all year. It transitions from Christmas to, you know, uh, Margaritaville. No problem. <laughs> right. That works. That works. <laughs> oh, my God. So, yeah, Demolition Man. It's, it's, who would have thought that this movie, w- the popularity of this movie would just take a dramatic uh, spike in 2020? Who would have thought that? Is 2020 when it spiked? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's every, everything COVID is kind of there, there's it's a tie in to this movie. In fact, it's a I ploy. Mean, All of COVID is a setup for uh, uh, the marketing of this movie. I mean, it does it. It does seem so when you go through <laughs> and, and rewatch it. There are a lot of uncanny uh, links that can be that can be kind of uh, made for sure. Yeah, and we'll we'll talk about that. <clears throat> excuse me, a little later in the episode, but sure. uh, where that came from and and what it was maybe really referencing in ninety you know two when it was shot uh, versus how it plays watching it now. Um, and and I, I watched it a couple of times this week, and it was just like wow, uh, interesting how how relevant it is. But um, yeah, d- uh, David, for for those who haven't. Uh, seen the movie in a while? Can you can you give us one of your amazing plot summaries? Your your thirty second, uh, you know, sum it up for us. What what is Demolition Man all about? Demolition Man is the story of uh, a cop who, uh, from the modern day, who plays by his own rules and ends up take, causing a lot of destruction. Who has now found himself in the future, uh, and having to chase down a classic maniac villain who's running rampant through a unprepared and softer society than the one he uh, disappeared from. Yeah, you use a maniac to catch a maniac, right? That's Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. You use a maniac to catch a maniac. <laughs> Sly? Hey, hey, how are you doing? Hey, it's good. <laughs> This is one Holy. of my favorite movies. Holy shit, everybody. I, Stallone is here. I, I knew Sandy was coming by for this episode, but Sly, I did Sly. not uh, expect you here at Sly the studio. Sly and Sandy lot. in the studio. I mean, they have drive-ons, so it's they can their, just come yeah. and go. As they it's the want. first time they've been back together since Demolition Man. That's Happy right. to do it for the listeners. They've got they've got permanent drive-ons, and Rob Schneider's got an, a badge, so he's he's yeah. allowed in whenever he wants to Recon Cinema Studios. Yeah. We all know this. Uh, but he, <laughs> Rob still has to park on the third floor above uh, in the parking garage. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. but well, let's Sandy get the first floor. We, there, we have to draw a line somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he actually that's where I park too. I mean, you know, he's, he's parked right next to me. Well, we've I, talked about cool it enough. on. We've I'm talked not going about to ex- have executive parking, parking like you guys. So. <laughs> well, David chooses to park on the furthest spot from our office, so got to get his steps yeah, in. I'm, yeah. Well, exactly. I mean, if I don't get my steps, my, my stupid watch just beeps and stuff. So I, I can't deal with that. <laughs> this watch doesn't come off. <laughs> just like physical, physical uh, abuse from your watch. Yeah. Well, and verbal too. It it sends insults my way. So yeah. I, you know, I try to avoid that. Perfect. You know. Hey, hey, Slowpoke. <laughs> that's that's a really that's a rough name right there. <laughs> yeah. Slowpoke. Um Dimwit. <laughs> you maroon. Nincompoop. Yeah. 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 You nitwit. Get those uh, steps in. 
All right. So, Brent, when was the first time you remember seeing uh, Demolition Man? You see it in the theaters? You see it on home video? Uh, you know, 90s, Stallone. Hard to say. Most likely saw it in the theater or immediately as it hit VHS. I don't recall exactly, though. Mm-hmm. But he, this would have definitely been in, in uh, my action wheelhouse of had to see uh at that time in my life yeah we're we're of the all of that age group that when this came out this was one of those whether you saw in the theater or at at home definitely a must see yeah it was a must see (laughs) it was was, right like i mean everybody went to go see demolition man like it was like the biggest movie that came out (laughs) action wise i mean it was ridiculous what about you david when was the first time you saw it um, I've famously described this in at least two to three episodes of the podcast where <laughs> Bring I, it back. I saw Demolition Man, my buddy and I, Jason, uh, my best friend at the time, and probably through time, um, we saw, we rented Demolition Man and the the Friday the 13th movie where Jason's heart gets eaten by uh, the doctor who examines the corpse. Jason goes to hell. Yeah. Right. I still don't know what number that is or the title. It's nine. nine. You've had to fill me in on that detail every time I've mentioned this. Um, Fun, fun little fact. I I think we were probably, I was probably 15. Like it wasn't immediate. It was like, it was like, Oh, I needed to see, I needed to see Demolition Man. And then a couple of years had to go by. And then we rented it and watched both of those movies in the same night. I don't know why we rented Friday the 13th because I was not into that series, but that wasn't bad. But then... But it was also a big deal around the same time. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 (laughs) A lot of hype. Yeah, I guess maybe maybe it was the next year. I feel like I was slightly older. Like, I felt like maybe we independently drove and got these movies, but maybe it was 13, like I was 13 or 14. I don't know. But um, I remember we were just starting Demolition Man, yeah, I must have been 14 because then we were hanging out in my basement and um, then my dad like like came by like, hey, what are you guys doing? I'm like, we're gonna watch Demolition Man. And he's like, oh, I definitely want to see this. So then he, he proceeded to come and hang out with us. And at 14, I'm like, I don't like don't hang out with us. I wanted to hang out with my buddy and watch this movie. And we just kind of sat in silence and watched the movie. <laughs> like totally big time my dad. <laughs> he left. <laughs> just silence and then the movie's over and you're dead. like we couldn't enjoy the movie the way we would have and uh thinking back i'm like oh that was it's one of those weird awkward like teen parent moments of like yeah go away go away dad <laughs> i want to watch this movie i was probably 13 14 then yeah instead of like 16 i don't know yeah that that awkward time of like you know you used to watch movies with your parents but now you just they're the last people you want to be sitting in a room with with your friends and yeah yeah i get i get that and it's weird because isn't this movie it's a it's it's rated r yeah for r for action yeah i get maybe (laughs) like so so yeah how did i get my hands on it i don't even know well for what you always looked older they didn't you, yeah you always you always looked 18 you always had that beard so yeah yeah exactly i mean i just can't wrap my head around why this movie's rated r other than the cussing which I think is it's just the cussing yeah. which is i i feel like 100 percent something that wesley snipes is like i'm not being in this movie unless i can cuss well time. i think it might be the eye poking out too that might have been a 
something, even though you don't see it, but you, it's, you see the app. Eye on a stick? Yeah. Boy, how we've evolved. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, now, now this is an easy PG. Yeah. You get eye on a stick on Saturday morning cartoons. <laughs> <Yeah>. Easy PG. <laughs> anyway. Oh, um, it feels very PG minus the cussing. I'm like, why is this rated R? Like I it, watched it and I was like, this is... They're yeah. smoking. No. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> cared back then. No, that's true. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah. Interesting. Um, I, I remember the first time I saw this was I was with my... It's very similar, David, to you. I was with my friend Pat uh, in New York. We rented it. Did not see this in the theater. So this must have been late 93. And we watched it in his basement. His dad came down. No. Um, Yes. No. Yeah. <laughs> Watched it with us. <laughs> but his dad's super cool and still is. So he, he was like yeah. the town sheriff. So yeah. <laughs> um, cool guy. But uh, yeah, I loved it. I loved this movie when the first yeah. time I saw it. And I loved it all the way through the 90s. And that I think says a lot about we talked about my taste in movies when we did our Independence Day episode way back in the early days, uh, which you can find uh, at reconcinimation.com. But uh, yeah, I, I love these action movies. So this was like right up there at the top with me. This is what, like right after Jurassic Park came out, which still a great movie, of course. But uh, this one was like right up there w- with that for me for years. Like <laughs> I loved this. I had it on videotape until, I don't know, you know, when, I, when once I got into my like 70s thing, which was about three or four years after this, um, after seeing this, that was when I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Demolition Man is terrible. Like, oh, <laughs> that's so unfair. So I yeah. went, I, yeah, but then I went in like a, an anti-Demolition Man, an anti-Stallone. Like I, I kind of like a lot of it, like even Cliffhanger, uh, a whole bunch of those movies. I, like, I got to nope. leave. I can't even. This is right horrible. With you, I, 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 yeah, I was like, I never want to watch these movies again. I've seen it. Like that's enough. And now... Now when I watch them, I love them all over again. Oh, what's old is new again. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. But now I, but I, I think when I saw it the first time, I didn't appreciate all of the humor. You know, now like it plays much more satirical and funny to me. Right. Oh yeah. But I didn't get that. You know, when I was thirteen or whatever. No. No, when we were, when this movie first came on, I mean, this was a serious action movie. Yeah. With Stallone and Wesley Snipes, who at the time were like two of the largest action stars. Oh, yeah. In, in Hollywood. And so like, it was like a real deal. It's not meant to be as sticky as it really feels now when you rewatch it. Now when yeah. you rewatch it, it's like right down. It's like nostalgia, just like dripping off of every and it feels very very dated but it's uh it's it's enjoyable and fun for completely different reasons yeah and that's that's one of the reasons i wanted to look back at it you know this wasn't i don't know was this wasn't like a movie that was right on the the top of our list or anything but uh because Your of what's list. happened well yeah maybe it isn't for david so <laughs> <laughs> um because of everything that's gone on the last you know, I guess what, 10 months, uh, you know, it, it plays relevant. And then also just, yeah, the humor plays differently looking at it from our age now and from having uh, more perspective on, on the movie. But, um, yeah, yeah. 
So here it is. Demolition. Are we going to like, so like we did with Bob Roberts, where we made the, you made a list of all the things in Bob Roberts that referenced like kind of our current situation mm -hmm. and the similarities. Did you do that with demolition man and how it relates to COVID and how it can be linked? I sure hope you did. Yeah, I did. And it's great. You know, there's not, so when I, I think when this movie was made, the, the the you know the diseases and stuff that they kind of reference and allude to was probably more about AIDS and HIV. Sure, you know at the because in '92 it was I mean obviously it, it it became a major issue in the early mid '80s, but really yeah. it was it was after at least in in where I grew up it was after Magic Johnson came out with it that it was really like hit our age group and people that sure. like we knew and were familiar with or were fans of. So it started tapping into that world. So um, yeah, I think this was much more about that when now it plays completely like they're talking about COVID. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, certainly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they reference HIV in this, but then they rattle off Sandy B rattles off, you know, a handful of other made up, you know, if they would have said COVID, 19 in this movie it would have been a little too much that would yeah. amazing on, on, the, on the head but but uh but yeah i mean it's it's pretty it's pretty uh i mean everything it's 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 an interesting uh link for sure yeah life is cyclical life is cyclical right it's yeah, all sure. the same every yeah. 20 years is basically the same but it, the the fashion is different that's it yeah. that's my that's my big take <laughs> Well, I, I, I just judging by your wardrobe right now, as I'm looking at you on Zoom, mm -hmm. uh, no one else is just just us. Yeah, you're wearing the same wardrobe as the the future folks from Demolition Man. So I know yeah. you're a which, fan. Big which flowy. Also looks like the right. same outfits from the '80s. You know, the hot pink mesh tank top you've got on is <laughs> right. is just nailing it. And those like plastic sunglasses that like <laughs> the, are the jagged. Ones with the shades, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, <laughs> they look like the horizontal shades, like, like Venetian blinds. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like the, <laughs> the Macho Man sunglasses. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's that's yeah. that's my style. <laughs> and then it'll change. Um, yeah. So before we we get back into the 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 tie-ins with uh, all of COVID, let's just talk about how this movie got made a little bit. Um, it was written originally by a writer named Peter Lenkov, who uh, is still around. Uh, he most recently was the showrunner on MacGyver, where he got into some trouble there. Oh. No longer the showrunner of MacGyver. But, uh, the new MacGyver? The new MacGyver, yes, which is blasphemy that that yeah. exists. Um, can't believe they made another MacGyver. <laughs> How do you do that? You can't top old MacGyver. So yeah, there's you, only one MacGyver. Yeah, uh, but yeah. So uh, Peter Lankov wrote the the script, and he, you know, really just wrote it as a spec script and sent it to Warner Brothers, uh, and it was mostly just an action movie. It was really, you know, based on what he'd seen with lethal weapon and inspired by lethal weapon and about cops who are a cop who's cryogenically frozen and then unearthed uh, in the future to fight his, his arch nemesis. So that was basically what his script was. None of the humor or, you know, themes that come into it were, were in his version. It was uh 
picked up by Joel Silver, who is the legendary producer that we've uh, talked about several times on the show. Uh, produced so many of the biggest action movies from the 80s and 90s, the Die Hards, Predators, the Lethal Weapon series, Commando, like so many. And uh, <clears throat> and he's still going, obviously, still still producing regularly. And uh, but he uh, he gets Daniel Waters to do a basically a complete rewrite on the movie. And and we've also talked about Daniel Waters before when we covered Batman Returns. Uh, but yeah. he was also coming off of Heathers, which is probably, I don't know, I, I think he's probably more famous for writing Heathers than Batman, but, uh, you know, obviously Batman Returns was quite popular. Uh, and he's the one who really adds in all the humor and fleshes it out and and really um, brings all the character work into it. And, um, you know, the version that you see is really is really his version of Demolition Man. And he only, he wrote it in like two weeks too. That's like how David writes a script. Two oh, weeks yeah, and whatever state it's in, we're, we're making it. That's, that's it. A, that's the final draft that goes in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, well, wait, but there are numerous screenwriters on this, isn't there? Isn't yeah. There, there, well, yeah, there's other, there's other people who did, um, I mean, even Fred Decker did a pass at it. So, hey. you know, most big movies, especially these action movies, go through numerous rewrites and numerous versions. And then some people come in and they punch up dialogue or they'll punch up specific scenes. And that doesn't mean they're going to get credited for it. Right. Hmm. Like Decker, you know, Decker added the whole 1996 opening. Mm. Oh, it was just going to start in the future. It just started with him being like, you know, un unfrozen, defrozen. Yeah, whatever thawed. that word is. Thawed. thawed out. Yeah, how about thawed? That's let's a word. use that word. <laughs> um, just flipping through the thesaurus. Well, I mean, you know, that opening, the Hollywood signs burning. There's, there's, there's searchlights in the air. It's a, it's a wasteland. Ninety six L A is just. Well, in shambles and only one cop can save us all of course well, it's a it's it's a great bookend reversal from from to, to from the beginning to the end right like oh yeah there's a there's a nice little parenthesis on on this movie yeah. that the the end the beginning mirrors the end and and uh it's that's that's smart writing i like i i don't think i even really paid attention to that when i was a kid and watched this movie but now right. i was like oh that's cute and clever that they did that yeah look at that like they it plays back to the beginning it's so put it on its head for you yeah. wait when did the hollywood sign burn at the end i don't know not that the, it's oh. it's it's, it's there. wesley wesley snipes lighting stallone on fire and then stallone freezing snipes yep. yeah and in that the beginning, dumb. even Wesley Snipes says, what does he say about his head? He say, like, I'd lose my head if I, if I didn't have it, like, screwed on. Yeah, something. exactly. All right, the head part. I forgot. Yeah. Okay, good point. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, yeah very Lots clever. of parallelism. I feel like I'm watching Enter the Spider-Verse, <laughs> which had a, a lot of that. It's a, that's a modern movie. Yeah, it is. It is. That things happen in the beginning and then they happen again in the middle and then they happen again in the end. And I don't spoilers, think movies do that enough. Spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> movies don't do that anymore. Or do they all do that, actually? They all do it. Yeah. Okay. Some enough. do it better than others. Mm -hmm. 
but yeah that that good. opening i mean that's such like it kicks off, kicks off with this dark opening and and this you know chaos that is la in 1996 which is so funny because i mean the movie was made in 90 or comes out in 93 like yeah. 96 yeah. is only it's a three very years very near future shit just falls apart like usually you'll do like i don't know 20 30 years down the road um you know or 15 or something but three years is pretty close but you know teach your zone oh it's funny yeah it's funny to like lock in i wonder if they were sort of like hamstrung to like the the original script or something because it like the opening is so bananas so it's so action crazy and it's basically watching like a batman movie like it does nothing makes sense. It's completely bonkers. It was, Simon Phoenix is just a Batman villain. Like that's all he is. It, it's crazy <laughs> and it's great. Yeah. Um, and that it's, I guess it just sets the tone of like, well, that's the world. Like everything is a mess. Yeah. It doesn't pot. It can possibly take place in the reality we knew. Not that it matters, but it's just like things are terrible. So then it's going to be, it's such a difference than when the future is a utopia of sorts. Right. Um, right. Well, like, yeah, I mean, the, the 96 that they had has got to be some sort of an extension of like the, the like Rodney King riots, right? Like yeah, it, it was yeah. written after the Rodney King riots. And, yeah. and, you know, at that time, it was, you know, L.A. was a bit of a scary place. There was still a lot of gang violence going on. And yeah. I think oh, it yeah. was a little more believable that it could, maybe not to that level, but it could deteriorate even further yeah, like the riots never got settled and they just right. chaos continued you know right and and what decker said was you know if you don't show kansas oz isn't all that special so you know it, it was yeah, right. put in there to show the you know how uh different the utopian future is going to be so well the movie's really careful like not to to leave the uh santa barbara san diego la yeah. area like it, do, it doesn't establish what the rest of the country is like right mm-hmm. it's just that, san angeles or whatever what, is that right. what they call it yep. yeah san angeles is its own thing so it's it's fascinating that because i would i'd love to know like how does the whole country work like how does this but you know that san angeles has one savior and that's how they do things and it's i i thought that was neat and it keeps it but that keeps it all simple like it you know it, it's not effective to describe how the entire society of in America works. It's just this society. Um, so, you know, you got, you got to keep it simple. Yeah. Also, also kind of a link to the COVID thing. Anyway, we'll, we'll get <laughs> the, uh, but good point. Yeah. The action in this, I, I was, you know what I thought of when I was watching it, I, I like immediately thought of mystery men. I don't know why, like mm. the action. I don't know. It just played, it played so comic book. I mean, a lot of things in this movie play very comic booky and cartoonish yeah i was Um, gonna say street fighter but yeah 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 street fighter maybe that's better like because he's so simon phoenix and john spartan are both so over the top oh yeah and and stallone with that beret i mean yeah that's right to street fighter right there (laughs) (laughs) right um yeah but the dialogue i mean all of it is so it is just really over the top and that's what makes it play so so funny now like yeah like it's really hard to take that opening serious i you know we've talked about this many times i struggle with action movies um and seeing this stallone jumping out of the helicopter which oh, was yeah. 
awesome. Which I will say, incredible. Was, that was fucking awesome. It's a great <laughs> stunt. It's actually an amazing stunt. Minus and, and, the fact that it would rip his spine out of his asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, I, well, I, yeah, they and they had like a special rig for the stuntman that to you know, counteract that, like, you know, how he would bounce. Like they were worried he was going to bounce right back up in the helicopter and get chopped up. So Oof. they had like a, a mechanism that was going to like reverse the effect. So, um, but yeah, great stunt. And I love how he just yells, you know, Phoenix as he's jumping out of the, yes. the helicopter. <laughs> as if on. anyone would hear him say it. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. we hear him, but like, well, when he's I'm now. Yeah. When I'm trying to sneak up on my arch nemesis, I usually shout his name jumping out of a helicopter. Yeah. yeah. So you yeah. never see out of a out of a large helicraft, uh, you know, with LAPD on the side. Mm-hmm. It's very sneaky. Very yeah. sneaky. Well, you know, for years that's what David and I usually do. We do these surprise attacks on each other, like uh Inspector yeah. the- Clouseau and Cato. <clears throat> so I'll do this, but I'll just be Munchak. Yeah, yeah. As you sneak up on him in a tank. <clears throat> yeah, right. <laughs> and I have to fight him off. Yeah, yeah. I but always he, lose. You know, Spartan is running around. Just look at how he's shooting. You know, Stallone knows how to do action, but here he's just firing. Like they don't aim. Like there's no aiming going on here. Yeah. <clears throat> These are like bit. the worst shots in maybe movie history. If you look at everyone shooting in this movie, like they're just firing, nobody's yeah. aiming, and nobody's hitting what they're supposed to hit either. So, yeah, yeah. it's pretty indiscriminate. Yeah, <laughs> it's in general direction only. Yeah, yeah. He's doing the sideways shooting and the, you know, the, the like, it's just come on. <laughs> yeah. It's, but like, it's so, like, yeah, the cartoony level, it's like, there is no explanation of why Simon Phoenix is just this psychotic person that just kills people. Like, he, you know, I guess he wants the power to like run an, his area, you know, he takes over parts yeah. of Los Angeles, but like, What's his what's his deal? He's just total he's a total chaos character. Just evil like, people running amok. Just evil. Being he's evil a, for evil. He's a he's a big scary black guy like who just yeah. is, runs a gang. Like that's, you know, he's a criminal. He's a crook. He's evil. Like, and well, there's, and there's cops that will fix it. I don't know. It's it's crazy. It's that whole thought uh you know, it's like you said John. It's like that it's that thought behind the Batman like like there's a board a, a like a board members meeting of evil people from the city, you know, like in in this movie or a Batman movie or like the crow or whatever, like that's the idea that just evil people like conglomerate together and mm-hmm. they just hatch evil plans. It's yeah. It's just kind of funny. And that is a really like eighties and nineties thing. I mean, there, there is like a, oh, yeah. like a, a right versus left thing yeah. going on in this movie. And that's very, you know, the, a lot of times the right looks at it very black and white like it's good versus evil and not looking at like what what does that mean and what are these people really trying to achieve here you never even know like you don't even get into that it's just he's got hostages we don't know who they are or why he has them and spartan's going to stop him by whatever means necessary and whoever else has to die in order for him to do that and and uh so yeah they have this action scene where you know that that comes back to play at the end and and supposedly the hostages are all 
killed because of Spartan, you know, setting off this massive explosion, uh, blowing up this whole building and doing that. You know, we get a couple of those great Stallone shots of like running away from an explosion, you know, this time carrying Wesley Snipes, which I don't know how he'd be able to run that fast carrying that big of a guy. It's Stallone. Um, (laughs) Of course, there's your answer. You've, You've seen him run on that Rambo. beach. You saw him run on that beach. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> him and Apollo, forget yeah, about it. Forget yeah. it. Uh-huh. So then, yeah, we go, and that's all you know prior to the credits. So that's like yeah. a you know, yeah. we're just getting started here, guys. And that's uh-huh. the cold. That's the cold open. That's the cold open. <laughs> and then it's just naked dudes in ice for <laughs> for twenty minutes yeah. with the with the opening titles. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's it's really funny. Yeah. Well, I mean, how many times have we seen Stallone naked? I mean, not enough. Was, constantly. That, Every apparently. movie, it seems like. Yeah. He's, uh, especially yeah. in the 90s, he was really, I guess what? Oh, yeah. 80s and 90s. He was, uh, he was showing it off. I mean, yeah, I guess you could say he had a decent body. Sure. I, I, mean, I guess. <laughs> if, he wasn't, if he wasn't so flabby. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Some, up, would, Stallone. some would say he would be in shape. Some would say. Some yeah. would say that. Yeah, uh, yeah but uh, we get naked Stallone in the cryogenic tube that, or uh, you know, chamber that was. So I guess you know, in the world, it's of just the, so it's so simple. It's like, oh, you did a bad thing. We must freeze you now. The whole the, you could have done a whole movie on the trial of of John Spartan. You know, yeah. leading up to his freezing. I mean, you know, like what a sham that he just he just goes to prison for over this. Well, you know, where's they're, the they're, justice for Spartan? They're, they're they're rebooting everything, so why not reboot this and call it the trial of John Spartan? I think it should be a eight episode Netflix series, the trial of John Spartan, and yeah. it's a pure prequel to, to Demolition Man. And it's only about the trial. It's only the trial, and yeah. then Timothy Chalamet plays either John Spartan or his lawyer. <laughs> I can't. I, I can't go on after that. And Ansel Elgort it plays the other other character. Didn't you just talk about him? In, I uh, I mention Ansel guy. Elgort every every episode if I yeah. if I can. I know. I think it's because you don't like him. I don't know, right? Um, or are you indifferent? I'm indifferent. I'm indifferent. Okay. <laughs> Andrew Garfield is uh, is one that I we that's the last time we say his name on on this show. So <laughs> you've got a problem with Andrew Garfield, Andrew Garfield. really? Yeah, uh, we'll that can't be. And, and Eddie Redmayne, those two, they can just get, oh, Eddie Redmayne, get Eddie right out Redmayne. of town. Nice guy, nice guy. What do you know him? I've heard he's nice. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Total bullshit. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. So then we're, yeah, and the whole thing about this cryogenic chamber. So, I don't know, like, is this an effective way of, I mean, I guess some of they're supposed to be rehabilitated slash brainwashed the whole time they're in this chamber, right? Seems pretty expensive. Seems very expensive. Um, I don't know if that would work. Uh, It worked worked in the movie. It taught Stallone how to knit. Yeah. True. Yep. And and we see what it did with Simon Phoenix. So, yeah. Apparently, he's also superhuman. He mentioned specifically he's three times stronger than when he went in because he does lift a guy out of a car and just throw him at a certain point, like 
through the air. Like, I mean, I know yeah. you, anyone could be really strong, but no one can do that. <laughs> like, you just can't lift a 200-pound man and just launch him. I guess you can. I mean, we've seen the strongman competitions. Yeah. But still, what are the odds? Well, it's supposed know. to be a humane way to keep the prisoners, right? But as we find out, you know, it's yeah. not like you're in a, a sleep state. You're... You're oh, yeah. aware you're of what's yeah. you're aware of your surroundings and yeah and uh, which is not supposed to be the case but yeah I guess how does that make sense like you're conscious but like a I don't know state. like I yeah know, you, I, you hear about people who come out of surgeries and they're like fully aware of everything that was happening to them but couldn't do anything because they were. Uh, put under or whatever right like yeah and i guess right and they maybe maybe they don't physically feel it but they're mentally yeah aware so well there's people that go through surgeries that can feel it and Uh, they just can't do anything because they're they're under and they feel an incredible pain the entire time and they can't do anything which is how sounds about like the worst thing ever (laughs) yeah which is uh, how when you're operating on people david that's how you prefer it right no i just don't i just we don't put them under at all. Yeah. They're just awake. Yep. There you go. But uh, apparently, I mean, there's people in coma states that have said that they could hear people and hear, yeah. you know, this, the TV and, you know, they're just, they can't do anything. And so. I mean, that's what the whole, the whole song Metallica's one is all about that. Oh, is that right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's oh. right. Okay. All right. Right. Um, so check, go guys... check after after this. Go check out the video for for one. You'll okay. uh, it'll click. What do you guys think about when we get to? So then we get fast forward. We get into the future. Um, Simon Phoenix is uh, you know right away is has already been thawed. There's that there's that word again thawed. It's <laughs> a good one. He's thawed out. We don't know why, uh, and he immediately escapes. And I love some of his dialogue, too. Simon says, die. Simon says, bleed. Whatever. I'm sure he had a few more in there. But Mm -hmm. just hilarious. So, like, ridiculous. (laughs) Those catchphrases. Nothing Simon says pardon me throughout the movie is like a real person talking ever i mean yeah most of his interaction is with uh Couteau. what's his name cocktail cocktail yeah. like and uh it's him trying to like you know reconcile his 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 state i mean he was brought out under the pretense of a parole hearing right but that's he, right he was, yeah. he was brainwashed to be able to escape uh so cocktail can use him to kill to kill the, the the guy who's just trying to get food from the underground. Yeah. He doesn't even seem to be that much of a menace. Like the guy no. that he's sending the psych, the psycho killer after isn't even that big of a deal. <laughs> like he's not he's not inspiring a rebellion of society. I mean, there's a lot of people in the underground, um, but it's not like oh, society's about to collapse. It's just some nuisance. Like, Why yeah. doesn't he just go find some... There's nobody left in America to hire and just go kill this guy? Like, Ever? Anywhere? I, I, it's, it's, it's very convoluted. I, I love it. It's, it's so ridiculous, this movie. <laughs> with that. Yeah. So we see this society living, you know, uh, you know, above ground, and there is a society that's below ground that is... Um, more of the you know, has not adopted 
uh, the new ways of living and the new rules of society and the uh, rebels. The rebels, yeah. I mean, they're, they are trying to basically get, steal food and they're, you know, doing graffiti. That's like the extent of their crimes. So they're they're fighting for their freedom. Yeah. So for that. Freedom to eat things that are not Taco Bell. (laughs) And aren't rat burgers. Mm, That sounds so good. Yeah. Um, and of course, they're led by uh, Dennis Leary, who remember Dennis Leary when oh, yeah, he got he started? Huge in the 90s. Yeah, <laughs> like I forgot all about that fast talking, you know, comedy oh, bit yeah. that he was doing. Totally Absolutely. forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. When he went on his little tirade in the, in the middle of the movie in the underground, I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. That's, that's what he was. That's yeah. what he was known for. Like that was his thing. And what was that? Was, were those? Was, I felt like those were like an MTV thing. Yeah, that's it. Just all bands, all the time, twenty-five hours a day. Okay, just bands and their haircuts, huge heavy metal haircuts. Okay, all kinds of bands. Bands named after guns. Bands named after countries. Bands named after states. Bands named after their parents, who used to be in other bands. And then we get a rap thing going. We get some guys who are just sort of rapping over a musical background. It's kind of a Muhammad Ali to the twelfth power kind of a thing. And we get a guy and we name him after a tool. I don't know, like MC Wrencher or Hammer. That's it. Yeah. And he keeps on mentioning his own name in the songs. He's like, Hammer's doing this. Hammer's doing that. Hammer's back. Hammer's up. Hammer's down. I got two words for Hammer. Ice Cube. I got two words for Ice Cube. Ice T. I got two words for Ice T. Jim Brown. I think you hear me knocking, folks. And I think I'm coming in and I'm bringing Jim Brown with me. And he's pissed. I know that he had an album that we listened to like on repeat in mm-hmm. in we school growing up with the yeah. asshole song on it. Yeah. But like, oh right, yeah, yeah. I do think like he would pop up on MTV and things like that, doing like some rant monologue about something. You know, uh, yeah. I mean, was, he was always he was very commercial at the time. Well, I mean, he was well, yeah. Uh, well commercial yeah i mean he was definitely exploited i think for his, his yeah yeah what he was because he, he's kind of counterculture and he's very much like against the norm and all that and just and in that style of his rant and his i mean his voice it's it's all a perfect product uh to say about how uh you know whatever works and like this is what i want to do like why society won't let me do this but of course he's speaking in like these weird like it's it's always comedic kind of scenarios uh of I don't know. You know, he's not he's not really ranting against he's not raging against the machine necessarily, but it's along that vein. Right. I think. And uh and then I think now he sells Ford F one fifties uh on on football Sundays. I think that's isn't he the voice of the Ford F one fifty? I think so, yeah. He's the voice of one of the cars. You gotta you gotta drive a truck and then there's concrete yep. in the back and you gotta go you gotta go the whole way. How you gonna do it? Ford F one fifty. Every right. every also we're every, not sponsored by Ford, but no, no. not not this week. Not but that's week. a free plug for Ford. <laughs> it yeah. sure is. But yeah, Dennis Leary, what a treat! You, it, I I feel like there's like two different big movies that you uh, in this movie. Like it, this doesn't have to be an action movie at all. This is this is a crazy. There's a lot of crazy things going on here. And, yeah, there's there's a lot going on in this this future world. This this utopian twenty was twenty thirty two right. Yeah. Sounds right. Yeah, uh, and you know, once once uh, Spartan is is awoken, uh, Sandra Bullock relays all of the like basically what has happened, and it's uh, in the time that's gone by, there was cha- chaos and 
fear and panic and diseases and um, some kind of major earthquake that leveled um, a lot of the Southern California area. We don't know really what, like we said earlier, we don't really know what is going on in the world beyond the San Angeles area. So yeah. Uh, we don't know if they're they've changed as drastically, uh, but kind of like I would think so. I mean, you've got these future cars and everything that I mean would would exist outside of the Southern California area. Um, so yeah, and this is where it gets interesting about you know tying into what's happened in the in the past year. So you know, they mention these diseases and in this world, you know, they don't touch each other anymore. There's no touching. There's no like real no fluid exchange, no fluid exchange. There's no physical contact. I mean, they are within six feet of each other. We see that, but, <laughs> um, you know, we see embracing technology, you know, like the, the teleconferencing. I mean, they're basically like on zoom calls. So, or, yeah. or whatever, you know, uh, system they're using, but you know, nobody's in a, nobody's in meetings together in the same room. They're all like videoing in, in with each other, uh, which is what we've, you know, learned how to do on a regular basis in the, in the past year. Um, yeah. And even like virtual reality, you know, using like, they don't, no one has sex anymore. Like it's done through, through, you know, brainwave, what like whatever that device is that the right. headgear that they put on through, you know, sense a sensor. It's more of a sensory thing than a than a physical thing. And you know, procreation is done in a lab, and where they take your sperm and and match it with an egg, and they like no one touches each other. So it was uh, really obviously like this movie got popular again last year because of all this. Like did like was. Daniel Waters, were they predicting COVID like way back then? What do you guys think? Was he psychic? Did he? Um... No, <laughs> I, I don't think so. But I will tell you, I mean, I know you sent like, I, I, I know. I know you have done some research and there's like several articles that kind of talk about all the different similarities oh, yeah. or things that you can. But even at, before you kind of were sharing those with with David and I, like I, when I was watching through. I mean, it's really hard to watch this now and not make a connection in some ways or another, you know I mean? Like yeah. definitely with the touching and, and all that. I mean, there's the, the battle between the two different classes and the different, you know, like what's going on. I mean, even, even the shit with Taco Bell being the only restaurant in, in San Angeles, like, I mean, honestly, with the way they have restaurants shut down here, it's only going to be the chains that survive, you right. know, like it's, it's just like, there's all this like stuff that could lead, <laughs> lead you down this, this path, the shells, because you can't wipe, you know, toilet paper doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, it's just, there's all these like little tiny things that are like, okay, well, yeah, if we carried on this way for much longer, maybe 2032 would be a lot like this. Well, it's only 12 years from now. So, um, you got cars yeah. that drive themselves now right. already. There's, like, I mean, yeah, there, it is like a further version of what it, what's hap happening now. I guess what could it be <laughs> if we find out there's a cop named John Spartan running around, then <laughs> I'm going to be really scared. So stay, stay away from anybody named Simon. 
but you're you're right about all of those things that you know they're they really come to mind when you're watching this movie like this is not just not just the covid stuff but yeah the politically what's going on in this movie that you know you've got this almost like a i mean it really is with the way cocteau has kind of engineered things that it, it is almost like a dictatorship uh, above right. ground that um you know they've sacrificed all their personal freedoms for safety yeah and, you know whatever's gone on that there's been so much uh, there was so much chaos that they, everyone has become conformist and they, you know, they all want to do the same thing. They just want to, you know, live these extremely boring lives. You know, they're wearing the same things they're driving the same cars. They're, there's only one restaurant that, yeah, Taco Bell was the winner of the restaurant wars. Who knows? Maybe that'll happen. But um, yeah. Yeah, and uh, you know, obviously the the restaurant issue is a huge one uh, right now. And uh, you know, how could these local restaurants survive something like this and just l literally not being allowed to be open or or just partially open? But how much business do you actually do in that kind of situation? So um, the chains are gonna, you know, they're gonna survive, and anything that's got a drive through is gonna make it much better and most restaurants don't have drive-throughs so right um right. yeah so you know and then underground you've got the you know it is more of a, a chaotic state down there but people are you know they're living for themselves and they they are their own personalities and they don't have uh, uh you know they're not just doing what they're told so the people living underground, you know, they, it's for a lack of resources, you know, that's that, that they live that way, you know, that they can't, you know, they can't live in up in the normal society, quote unquote. I mean, it's funny because Spartan even, he calls it fascist crap, like immediately. He's like, I'm not doing any of this because everyone's microchip, they're tracked, they're, you know, but they have all these modern conveniences. Uh, you know, they can talk to a computer and it'll tell them all the information they need. Mm -hmm. Um, but that computer also has all their information on them. Like yeah. I have said to John and to and anyone who will listen is like, do not put surveillance equipment in your home. That is a bad idea. And the, but they they have all there's all these companies have all these products that that yeah they they make your life a little easier. And so you decide what your trade off is. And you know I don't know if any of the people that live in the underground are chipped or their pro or those chips were removed or you know whatever it is, but it's funny that the entire utopia society, they don't, even if they're older, they, they have completely adapted to whatever that society is, you know, that right. even, you know, or I think it was early is the, 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 the captain of the police department. Yeah. You yeah. know, he's older than Spartan. He would have, you know, he would have, he would have been a kid in 96, mm -hmm. you know, so society would have changed and totally adapted to whatever fascist, kind of thing that was kind of created yeah um and i think that can happen so easily like you know the the things change and you know the mood changes and i don't know you and then things are things are suddenly different it's it's weird how you know just not too many not very many years ago let's say just gay marriage was like a hot button topic and then it happened and it recognizes something that should be fun. And it's fine. And then you look back to like, why were, why was anyone fighting over this? I mean, 
and why were people against it really is my my argument but like why is it why was that so hard you know and uh and i think it can go either direction you know people are willing to go to be like you said they're sacrificing their you know their personal stuff for their own safety um and it this this movie was not created to like really address those messages it's very much the right it's it's the it's the decoration of it all it's it's right it's the it's the setting but it had no intention to like talk to you know the, like the real issues which is fine i don't care it's an, it's a great action movie and i think it does spurn the discussion like what we're talking about today and how it how it resonates with us today um yeah, yeah there's I, an interesting relevancy to this movie now that we are where we are in 2020 mm-hmm. that was yeah. never ever mm-hmm. yeah i think well, intended to be steeped well, in reality no never when, yeah. it, when it was made you know yeah. but it, it's 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 here and it yeah. and it is now and it's it's an interesting i wonder thing to talk about I wonder if there's like a Scooby-Doo episode that like, if you really looked at it, it's like this predicted the future and yeah. life and like, who <laughs> knew, who knew this would be so relevant? Like there's, there's gotta be some random shit out there. I mean, everyone says, oh, like the Simpsons predicted yeah. this and that. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you know, things trend in a certain way and you know, sometimes you just get lucky when you like extrapolate and come up with what the future could be like. Um, uh, but I, I don't, you know, I, I think it, it's even the haves and the have nots and, and what, and what people like, I don't th- I don't know if the movie is pro cop or not. Like, I guess. Right. It, yeah. It's hard I to tell. Right. You know, like what's the, what's the message? Like, well, there is no, again, I don't think there is a message really. It's just no, a setting. It's yeah. It's, it's pro action movie in the nineties. That's yeah. It's right. Pro, that's it's really pro what alone. <laughs> Yeah, that's all it really is. But it's just now because of what has happened, it, it makes you look at it all and question what <laughs> yeah. was the intention. Right. Are are all cops bastards uh, in this movie? I don't know. I, well, I don't think so. <laughs> it's, it's interesting. Let's talk about the cops because, you know, when this movie starts, you've, you know, the, the LA that we're seeing is, yes, based off the, the, the riots and the, that version of, you know, cops overstepping, which, you know, they some of them have continued to do and, and take things too far. And uh, you know, but then cut to the future where cops are like not really trained to deal with violence. Yeah. They don't even know how to apprehend a person that's breaking the law. They have to look at their little iPhone and be like crazy person. Yeah. Yeah. On the ground. Yeah. They like talk to you in a serious somewhat raised tone and that's as far as they take it and then yeah you know they've got their that that electric uh, baton if they ever do need to get physical but that's it like there's no guns maniac has responded with a scornful remark approach and repeat ultimatum in an even firmer tone of voice add the words or else simon phoenix <sighs> lie down on the ground or else we're police officers. We're not trained to handle this kind of violence. Yeah, so it's an interesting. It, it's hard to say what they're exactly saying. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if they, you know, really did have a, a particular point that they were trying to make about it. Other than they're just, again, part of showing the vast difference between the utopia and the past. So, yeah, um, yeah interesting though. But yeah, the. Uh, 
the L was it the L? I guess the the SAPD headquarters uh, was an interesting set, and that's where we see, you know, a lot of our cast uh, is, is based a, a, in those scenes. Um, <laughs> where did they shoot? Where did they shoot much of this futuristic? society uh well they shot it all over i mean the outside of uh the outside of uh lenina huxley's apartment is the pacific design center um there's another apartment complex or a building complex that was uh that was way out in i think near like thousand oaks like westlake village Mm -hmm. um the prison is actually you know the prison downtown Okay, so yeah, like where yeah. the the battle at the end is so yeah really um yeah and then a few other places but uh, you know the interiors were all on on stage at warner brothers sure sure so uh, yeah let's should we talk about the cast too a little bit like where you know there's a lot of people in this movie david your favorite segment of the show i like i like the cast <laughs> yeah i like talking about the cast so Stallone, I mean, this is a huge movie for, uh, you know, we talked a lot about uh, Stallone in our cliffhanger episode about where he is in 93. And this is another important movie for him at the time because he had, you know, obviously been a huge star in the 70, late 70s, all through the 80s. But then he took this segue after uh, Tango and Cash that to start doing comedies and doing stopper my mom will shoot and oscar and and those did not really hit and i think there was a a fear that he was losing his luster and uh cliffhanger helped to kind of alleviate that and then this was the immediate follow-up to cliffhanger so um you know he needed to make sure that his action status his star status was still right where it's been for the last 15 years so right um and he'd continue to milk that action, action, uh, you know, the action genre over the next five or six years. But by the late nineties, it was like, he was really done for a bit as far as, as far as that goes. I think daylight was like the last successful action movie he did for quite a while. Um, but originally he wasn't even, uh, they didn't even have Stallone. Like they were going, this was written for Van Damme uh, in the Simon Phoenix role and Steven Seagal as the John Spartan. Oh role. no. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. So imagine that. Imagine what this movie would be with Seagal versus Van Damme. Wow. Very I, don't think, I don't think we'd be talking about it right now. No. no I mean, <laughs> never. Yeah, it, it would uh, it would have been hard to kill meets Street Fighter. Like that's what yeah. it would have been, and yeah, I I don't think it would have had the legs that that this one has. I mean, it's even arguable like how you know loved this movie is is has been before 2020, but uh, I don't know, wouldn't have lasted. I mean, none of Seagal's movies have lasted. Some of Van Damme's have, but. Uh, I, I don't think Seagal's movies hold up even like Chuck Norris's do. Like there's a love yeah. for Chuck Norris, but that love isn't really there for Seagal. I mean, some people, but not that many. Under Siege I, has I was gonna, to be great, right? That has I was going to say, I, awesome. I, would, I would go watch Under Siege again, but that's probably the only Seagal movie I would yeah. take the time to rewatch. Right, but that's just Die Hard on a Boat, you know? Yeah, well, yeah. well it's what? still a movie. Hey, it yeah. Works. It's still great. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I mean, I have literally not seen that in 20 years, but that yeah. has to be awesome. Or it has to be, right? Yeah. I can't let, I can't, I'm not going to let go of it. I'm never going to watch it again, just so I can always say Under Siege was awesome. Un- until we cover it here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but Stallone originally turned it down uh, and then came back to it. Uh, he wanted Jackie Chan to play, yeah. uh, to play Simon Phoenix. So, which would have been cool. What? But, yeah, it would have been, but Jackie didn't want to be a villain, right? right. That's his whole thing at that yeah. time because he was yeah. still kind of fresh to American audiences. He didn't want to be... Yeah, I don't think he was known at all yet to American... I mean, not not at all, but you know, not, not on a wide basis. I mean, He had done he, Rumble in the Bronx, right? Was that not, the only... That was later. That was like oh, 90... Was? Yeah, okay. that was after yeah. this. So. so, yeah, he was not popularized yet over here. So Got it. So it would have been his introduction yeah and probably a good move for him to wait and you know he was uh very successful i mean it worked out for him if it yeah. hadn't worked out for him it would have been a bad move yeah <laughs> um wesley snipes so wesley snipes oh, was wesley snipes. everywhere awesome. in the early 90s oh, yeah he was man. huge huge oh, wesley baby hello greetings sir what's your buckle I mean, well, it started with what? I mean, I, I think it was the bad music video was kind of what put him on the map, but the New Jack City. New was, Jack City is yeah, what was, he was exploded huge. on the scene in that. Yeah. Yep. And then, of course, you, you can only top that with Major League. I yeah. Mean, that's it. <laughs> Willie Mays Hayes, man. Yeah. Yeah, man. Ah, I love that movie. Um, but yeah, he's in so many movies in 92, 93 are like, big years for him he's in he's got three movies in 93 yeah you know yeah, rising, I mean, he's rising sun boiling point with dennis hopper and and this so yeah i mean rising all, sun that's the one with sean connery right so yeah. i mean like yeah you know he was he was definitely at this time uh a very very popular actor uh yeah at this at this point in time, well, he's coming off uh, New Jack, Jungle Fever, White Man Can't Jump, and Passenger Fifty Seven. Like, yeah. He, yeah, you know, like, man, it was a good time to watch Wesley Snipe movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, two ninety three was awesome. Yeah, like, so welcome to Reconcinimation, Wesley Snipes. Because yeah, uh, I don't gonna... know why we're not doing Snipesathon right now. <laughs> yeah, but we, we're gonna have to think about do, this. We should do some Blade. Oh, Snipes, Blade. oh yeah, Blade for sure. Snipesathon September, something like that. Yeah, Snipes Timber. <laughs> Snipes Timber. We do Blade, Two One Fu, and New Jack. Just a... <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, he's so. You know, he's. We talked about it before. He's so over the top, and he's yes. such a character in this movie that you really don't know anything about his background, and he's just a very surface level villain. Nice. And, but he, yeah. Im- <clears throat> he improved uh, a lot of his dialogue and they wanted him to have that free flow kind of, you know, he just kind of came up with that character on his own. I could see and, that. And you can see like in that opening scene, you see him like doing a line of Coke, uh, but you can feel like this guy must be a major cokehead to be that high energy all the time the whole way right. through so right. maybe well, cocaine that, survived somehow in 2032 isn't it is to like tony montana like like moment right oh like yeah a little Scarface yeah. action just a yep. little shout out yeah and he's just he talks so much like he's just constant his mouth is just going the whole time that character and 
uh, drove me a little nuts watching it now. But uh, yeah, I thought the same thing. I was like, man, he is really chewing this scene up. Like he yeah. just like rambles on. Like do something without talking about it too. Like just show me something without telling me about it. Very much the '90s monologuing villain. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's like a requirement. Like I don't know yeah. if that, that was Snipes doing it, or it was just written that way, or on set they're like, just keep talking because this is boring. We can't just show you things. You have to tell the audience that, that yeah. you're good. But you do learn. Like you know, he's 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 surprised by how much he knows. I mean, it's 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 peppering in all the clues for you. So you kind of have to because he doesn't have any he doesn't have anyone to talk to. He has to talk to the audience. That's it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he talks to the audience and he talks to the cocktail. And that's it. And then, and then otherwise, it, the one-liners between him and and uh, a Spartan are just insane. Like all they do is just trade banter. Yeah. So he's not. Ta- he doesn't talk to anybody. <laughs> it would have been. It would have been nice if, from the '96 version of him to the 2032 version of him, there was a difference in his mm. communication or manner or something, so that you could see how much more knowledge had been pumped into him right during mm-hmm. his cryogenic state because yeah. like he just talks he talks in the past he talks in the future he's just always rambling on about how he's gonna be evil and do evil things well and and it's like he knows how to like he's been trained or brainwashed like how to do things and how to use technology and everything but he's not necessarily any smarter Right, but yeah, like which would have been, he could have been right. Exactly. I mean, he, but nice to see like an yeah. evolution to his character if if he's been, you know, getting trained this whole time. Right. So, you know, on our uh, when we get the rights to the movie and we'll do our our reconsinim- we'll reconsinimize it. We'll reconsin a sequel. Yeah. Then <laughs> we'll work that in the reconsinimation <laughs> cut. <laughs> Yeah, right. that's it. We got all the we got all the old ma- we got the master. We got all the old footage, and we recut this movie. And you know when we're releasing it? Twenty thirty two. Twenty thirty two. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the you know probably the biggest impact uh, he made was the hairstyle. Mm. That was that his choice, the blonde. That well, I don't know if it was his choice. I mean, he, he apparently hated it, and as soon as they were done shooting, he shaved it all off. But yeah. you know, without this, we would have never had Dennis Rodman and his crazy mm. hairstyles because that was what motivated. So what spawned Rodman? Rodman? That's was... it. Yeah, he said it was it was Wesley Snipes and Demolition Man. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Well, well, he's, he's such a colorful character because, like, he gets out of the cryo freeze, and you know, he's just wearing like a, a smock. And then when we see him, like, after he's escaped, he's got a bright orange t-shirt and blue overalls, and he's got his blonde hair. Who doesn't have that? Very nineties. Very nineties so attire. 90s. Oh my god! Like, but it's like you got. <laughs> Where yeah, does you gotta, he even find the nineties? I mean, yeah. yeah. Like, what was there a closet in the prison with that nineties <laughs> like, closet? Go like, because everyone else wears flowy, you know, yeah. like robes and 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 large, you know, just like draped clothing. Yeah, and then he just happened to find like the wildest thing that's nearby. Yeah. Well, because like I think in '96, the you know he's got big striped pants and you know he's just a colorful mm-hmm. character. It's just big. He's just big. 
Um, which yeah. like again, I'm like, this is a bat. This is I'm watching Batman Forever. Like, it's Batman is, Forever. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, this for is sure. Jim Carrey and Tommy Lee Jones. Uh, yeah. Well, what was that? Ninety five. That was ninety five, right? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. You know. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. that yeah. might be the most '90s movie ever made. That's uh, pretty. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, that one's tough to watch. <laughs> and I don't, we, we I don't mind Batman it. Forever. I kind of like Batman Forever, but I, I again, I loved it when it came out. But watching it years later was just, oh man, like yeah. what was? I don't know. You know what were they thinking with some of these characters that they're they're caricatures? You know, they're not even actual characters. Like there, there's you know very little about them there's very little like personal uh motivation or character work or anything it's just like you know you could have you know there's always opportunities to make these characters real uh but instead they're just as over the top as they can possibly be it's all like stereotypes on on steroids you know just yeah and it's just like action everything yeah, and like create shortcuts. Like, well, he's a bad guy because look how he talks and how he kills yeah. people, and he just jokes around, doesn't care. Hate by it, numbers. And then, you know, yeah, that's not it's not engaging. And as we've continually yeah. learned, you can still make popcorn smash hits and make your characters like like three dimensional, and people will still keep coming to the movies. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. well, not these days, but they'll still yeah. watch those. movies. Not allowed to these days, but people I mean, actually I feel do. Like- care i i feel like it was i mean and i don't know that this was actually the movie that turned it but it it feels like saving private ryan was the first movie that really brought action into like a a realistic setting for the masses you know where i mean at least obviously it's it's grandiose and over the top but it's got some grit to it and Mm -hmm. it's not it doesn't feel as shiny polished like yeah. it's definitely clean and well done but it's just different absolutely i mean and, and of course they had you know the real life story to work with there but yeah the way it's yeah i know what you're saying that the way it's shot the way it's action is depicted um there's so much realism to it and uh yeah i i think you're right that you know thinking back what that's 98 so 97 you've still got your favorite movie, Con Air, and Air Face Force Off, One. Air Force yep. One. What, know, a, the, what a year, by the way. On, <laughs> you know, like all of all these action movies that, yeah, are overly polished, you know, over the top, grandiose villains that, yeah. Um, yeah, and the action is just, it's, I don't know, part of it's the way it's choreographed too. It's just like real fights aren't like that. You know, yeah. like like the way the action is in, in Demolition Man. It's just like people don't really, I mean, not that you see cops in these big action scenes ever, you know. Uh, right. You know, you see car chases that end in a tackle or, you know, a shooting, but um, never these balls out, you know, action sequences. Right. <laughs> uh, that was only in the movies. But uh, I don't know, I guess like, the the choreography style changed too that that you know yeah, there's more, more like, of like a frenetic energy to like you know there's the camera shake and everything feels yeah everything's just the, like i was saying like everyone's just shooting everywhere all the time everything's getting shot up but no one's getting shot you know it's a lot of 
you know, Stallone is always like rolling out of the way and ducking around something and everything's blowing up around him, but he's, he's fine. So <laughs> I don't know. Well, that's what that, I mean, and that, and we, that's what makes 93 so interesting with last action hero also coming out this year. And I think, is that just like two or three years ahead of its time where that, that should have sort of been the, the bookend of that, this era where they were just like trying to do a meta, you know, self-aware mm-hmm. uh, satire of the, of the genre that could have been pretty awesome. It, it, it seems like it, it's either black section here should have been a couple years later or maybe a year or two earlier. It just, it didn't, because I don't think it's, I mean, it's not that great of a film, but I think what it's trying to do and the stuff they do in it, it's pretty great. Like as, as a, like what this, kind of movie is and demolition man is one of those movies i mean straight yeah. from the beginning so yeah there, there's a lot of interesting parallels between demolition man and last action hero i think you're right i think if last action hero had come out in like 96 97 it would have made a much different impact and i think people would have uh accepted it more than they did because you know this movie and last action hero were Basically, you know, uh, very similar kind of movies, very similar budgets, made about the same amount of money, but Last Action Hero is considered a huge bomb, right. whereas yeah. Demolition Man is considered a hit for Stallone. So well, Last Action Hero probably cost an, uh, $80 million more than this movie. I well, this one, the... this one ended up costing about $97 million. Demolition Man? Yeah. Well, the original the original budget was forty five million with a seventy seven a seventy two day schedule. Oh wow! They uh, and we haven't even talked about direct the director Marco Brambilla, but uh, he was this is his first movie, which he was a big commercial director had done a lot of big commercials throughout the late eighties and early nineties. I did stuff with Ridley and Tony Scott and. but this is his first uh, movie, and, and I think Joel Silver was really behind him, really pushing him to get his directing career going. And, and uh, you know, with first-time directors, there's always, you know, they're learning how to do it. So it, it, there's always, not to say that, like, everything's their fault, but they don't always know how to handle certain situations because they haven't done it before. And, and a big action movie is not always the best place to learn it uh, because there's a lot on the line. There's a lot of departments or stunts there's effects there's visual effects there's so much of everything and uh it sounded like they went through a number of first ad's on the movie and the schedule got widely out of control and it ended up being a 112 day shoot and the budget the the production budget ended up being 77 million so oh my god they added like 30 there and then with all the prints and ads and everything that's what ended up about 97 million this was a bomb then because it just didn't at least domestically, never touched anything. No, there, worldwide right? though, that's where they—that's yeah. what they ended up making. It it. So, um, uh, that's fascinating. Yeah. I know we're just sort of freewheeling here because yeah, we're now we're suddenly talking bo, which is usually toward the that's, end of the show. Yeah, toward we'll the, we'll come back. Let's come back to it. Let's come yeah, back to it. but yeah. back to this this yeah the director and who else is in this movie? <laughs> well, let's talk about the other the real all star of this movie. <laughs> It's Sandy B. Sandy B. Sandra Bullock. He's finally matched his meat. You really licked his ass. That's met his match and kicked kicked his ass. Met? 
I mean, she's like she's great in this movie, and and yeah. you could see why her career really took off. She'd been around a couple of years before this, and she'd done, I think, what like what was love, it? love potion number nine. Yeah, was love the potion first thing number nine. I remember seeing her in. Yeah, which is I think just the year before this, and and the yeah. vanishing she was in, but I can't remember if that came out. But right before, right after this, but right same year, the same time, yeah, yeah. Um, but her character, like, she's great. She's got a great energy in the movie. Um, she has to do a lot for the audience. I mean, she's got to explain what the hell's going on, what this society is, how it works, what the rules are, um, what you can and can't do, and she's a good, and, and at the same time, be a foil for Stallone you know, uh, or a partner for him. And, right. um, you know, and they have this kind of romantic thing going on, but not really, like they're kind of not really going there. Um, I don't know. Yeah. She's a just a little bit. They dance around it. They but dance it, around it. Yeah. With the, yeah. the virtual sex thing. And yeah, but it's never like a central part of the story in any way. Right. Except for the, for the one, like, virtual reality sex scene gag mm-hmm. which yeah. seems so like impersonal the whole thing you of know? course uh, yeah of um, course it is yeah sure it's yeah. meant to yeah. be that way right right all right obviously what do you say we just do it the old-fashioned way oh disgusting you mean fluid transfer it, yeah their their relationship's so great because she's just yeah she's bringing the audience in and, and tells us everything we need to know there's a lot of but a lot of characters do that like there's lots of uh uh of explanations of of the society and, and information dumps about who these people are and what they do and how stuff works just to get the audience comfortable with this very wacky world so uh and then of course she walks she you know she walks uh spartan through a lot of that stuff like you know he doesn't put up too much of a fight you know he's this is not the world he comes from but you know and then she's just gleefully taking him through um you know the world and then and she loves the 20th century and it's it's i don't know this it's it's fascinating but she also longs for action she's tired of being just a cop that does cop stuff which is boring it's well and it's perfect person it's yeah. Her apartment is this amazing uh, museum yeah. to yeah. the twentieth century. That you know, I it's it's just funny when you look at like the specific things that she has in there. Yeah. And I love in her office how she's got a Lethal Weapon three poster. Yeah, two or which, three? Is it three? It's three. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's. Uh, <clears throat> I don't know. It, of all the movies. I get it. It's Joel Silver, but why not put Lethal Weapon One up there? You know, not funny enough. Three is terrible. It's not meta enough. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. But I, I think she's she's just she's the real MVP of the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd give her give her the Oscar. <laughs> we did. Yeah, she got it for. Um, oh yeah, she did. Actually, I think she got a Razzie for this. Did she get a Razzie for this? I think she, I think she did. Yeah, did she, she got, really? No, she did not. I this. think I thought I saw that she did, but that, that she's would definitely make... gotten a Razzie before. I don't know if it's wow. I, that's interesting. She, she went and wait the year she did Blindside, didn't she accept she, the yeah, Razzie got, for the other movie that she did? That's right. That's yeah, right. the proposal or something. What the hell movie was it? Was the that? proposal was it? I, I yeah, I don't know. I I. Uh, 
All about Steve, right? All about uh, no, it wasn't all about Steve. How dare you say that's that? That's the one with Bradley Cooper in it, right? Yeah. Like, and she plays this goofball. I could have sworn it was that was the. Year. Let's Maybe get an intern right. on it. Let's get an intern on this Sorry. topic. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, this is really the beginning of her career, and and she does speed, you know, almost immediately after. Yeah. After this, and she's a huge star after that. I mean, yeah, I mean, Speed, I think, is the one that really, I mean, this definitely opened. Well, this got her eyes, yeah, yeah, but but Speed, I think, is the one that certainly skyrocketed her into into being a household name. Mm -hmm. Although her career is kind of interesting because, like, she has long stints where she just kind of is in. Things that obviously have a lot of name power to them, but also are not well received. And then right. she just drops a bomb where it's like, oh, this is great. Yeah. And it gets, it like boosts her popularity again. You know, like I yeah. think from, because just looking at it, like she did A Time to Kill, which obviously was a hugely, at that was the time, a big movie. Yeah. A big movie, very yeah. big movie. So that, that was still going. But then she does things, it's like Speed 2 which was not very like well-received hope floats practical magic. Like these are all things that are like supposed to be big forces of nature supposed to be big. None of them hit. And then 28 days later still doesn't happen. Miss congeniality though comes out and it's huge. It's huge for her. Yeah. Right. Like totally gets her credibility back, you know, I don't know. And she does that a couple different times. It's just kind of, yeah, she, she, I don't know. She does so or for a long time, she did so many of those romantic comedy movies that it was, you right. know, while, while you're sleeping was great, but Hope and it's like, you're trying to do the same thing over and over and over. And it's, you know, it, it doesn't work after a while. And, um, but you know, recently like, you know, gravity is fantastic. And was oh. it the, the heat with, <laughs> um, heat, it's the heat with Melissa that McCarthy. <laughs> yeah. That movie's fantastic. Like yeah. super fun movie. She and, is and, funny in that for sure. But I yeah. mean, like even before that though, like she, she did it again where it was just kind of like nothing was happening. And then blindside came right. And blindside was huge again. Right. I mean, granted, like you said, David, that was like the same year she got a Razzie as, but her whole career is filled with these kind of polar opposite not not that her performance is off, but just that the right. movies are received yeah. in like very different kind of ways. She yeah. does all sorts of different projects. You know? Yeah. She likes to, she seems like she likes to have fun and then, you know, uh, do interesting stuff. I mean, didn't gravity take like four years to make anyway? Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Or five years. I don't even, maybe even longer. And then, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like I, I've seen some of, maybe half of all about Steve and she's just having a good time and she plays a, a really, she's a place, a stalker character. <laughs> like she's, yeah, I think, true. you know, she's like stalking Bradley Cooper, but yeah, no, she, she definitely won the Razzie for that. And then the next night won the, the Oscar for the blind side. So, um, and you know, blind side is, is as its own, uh, you know, controversial kind of movie in a sense of sure. uh, with the, the white savior trope and storyline and, mm-hmm. and all of that. But, um, She's good in it. She's good in it. She's good. In it. She's she's good in everything she does. The material is not always the same level of quality. Well, how do you how do you feel like she was portrayed in in Demolition Man as far as from you know a feminist uh, 
perspective. Like she's not completely treated as a sex object. Right. You know, like there is that virtual sex scene. But well, she initiates <clears throat> and wants, you know, and yeah, very clear. I mean, it's not like, you know, like he wasn't pursuing her and she didn't, you know, she was saying like, you know, the violence kind of, you know, kind of got her going. <laughs> like, right. Um, and it was just a basically a, a transactional kind of thing. Like, hey, let's do this. Um, but she's the co- she's the only out of all the cops that are there. She's the most competent and actually seems to you know, even not having been trained for this kind of situations, like has the instincts to do, you know, what, what they should be doing. So it's, 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 you know, I wouldn't say it's like the worst female character. Like, you know, she's there to serve the, like John Spartans, you know, like uh, relevancy in the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But she holds her own. She learned Jackie Chan moves and kicks some people's ass, like um, just from, you know, shadowing. The thing, her getting taken out of the ending though, like him knocking her out, I was like, ah, oh, right, there's the thing. Like, yeah. he knocks her out just so he can have all the, the glory and yeah. like and do whatever just, he wants. Yeah, you know, it's like classic. Like, yeah, no matter how good or necessary and helpful she's been, he's got to protect her for her own good mm-hmm. and knock her out. And so, and you know, I'm I'm glad that she was just like, thank you for knocking me out. And he's like, ah, don't be like that. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, <laughs> But like she for instantly forgives him, and she yeah I don't know so that kind of sucked. Like I would have yeah. that would have been a great duo to go yeah. take him on, you know. She and she could have fought somebody else. Like they could have been, like there's such a disservice to the other villains, like including uh, Jesse Ventura, who yeah yeah is in the movie. Did he even? I don't even think he got a speaking part. No, right? well he had he did have a fight sequence with Stallone that was cut out. Oh okay, <clears throat> and I remember because you know I'm a big wrestling fan. I remember in 93, he was an announcer for WCW. He was like promoting the movie and they would like do these segments oh. with him on the set with Stallone. Oh, wow. Um, really? With Stallone wearing a WCW hat and everything. It was like, wow, he's got to have like a big part in this movie, like Predator. Yeah. And then the movie came out. It's like, no, he's barely got like a cameo, you know? And uh, uh, Yeah. So, but th- they did shoot something that was cut out. So there was more to his character. The movie does kind of go long like it feels i mean it doesn't need, doesn't need to be an hour 55 oh they could easily not. cut 20 minutes out of this movie yeah. Yeah, just yeah. fine this needs to be a 90 minute movie but mm. i wouldn't say it's not that and not unengaging the whole time i mean yeah it definitely could use some a trim but uh yeah yeah the uh did you did you know that sandra bullock was not the first uh person cast in that role though she, someone was actually cast. They they signed the dotted line. Yeah, Lori oh. Petty. Really, Lori Petty from A League of Their Own and Tank Girl, and uh, was uh, she actually shot one scene, and it was the uh, virtual virtual sex scene. I don't know if that part, but it was the part in the apartment, like with oh. her and Stallone. Um, really, that uh, and there just was. A, some creative differences and I think she didn't get along with Stallone or he didn't get along with her or whatever. And, and uh, so they replaced her and brought in Sandra Bullock. So uh, I think that was probably a good move. I can't really see Lori Petty in this role. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she was a much bigger deal than Sandra Bullock was there at the time. Oh yeah, yeah. You know? I mean, she was huge after a League of Their Own. So yeah, I could, I could see. I I disagree with not being able to see Laurie Petty in this, though. I mean, I don't know. I, she's got her charm of all her own. I think. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I I I would watch the alternate reality version of this movie yeah. with Laurie Petty. I sure. Mean, certainly, at the time, she could carry her weight in an action movie. She was in Point Break, and that's right. That's classic. right. Point Break. Yep. Yeah, I just, I don't know. Something about, like, their personalities. I just, like, their energies. I don't, I don't, uh, I just don't see it. But, you know, let's find that alternate reality, go there, and see what the movie is. Yeah, I want to see that. I mean, I think for me, like, the thing about Sandra Bullock in this is that she's, she's charming with, like, kind of everything that she's doing. I, I, I don't know that I would get that same, that same feel from Lori Petty. Right. You know? That, I think that's for me. Would you work. are you two are just killing me. I like anti petty. No, 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 no. <laughs> anti petty, right here. I'm oh, a no. big fan of Lori Petty. Uh, <laughs> I can see what you're saying, I guess, but I, I probably dis. I, I see what you're saying. I disagree, but yeah, I, yeah, yeah. All right, I mean, Sandy B. I mean, you know, we 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 have a gift here with her. Yeah. Uh, but we've got a kind of a huge rest of the cast, some of which we've already talked about. We talked about Rob Schneider. You know, he's a guy who just shows up in random movies. Like he's in Judge Dredd with Stallone as well. So of course, yeah. And then now he's only in Adam Sandler movies, and that's it. So <laughs> uh, Dennis Leary, we talked about uh, Benjamin Bratt. I think this is one of his first movies. He, I think he had done. Uh, blood in blood out before this mm-hmm. uh, I'm pretty sure that was right before this so he had just started uh, you know appearing and he was in clear and present danger after this and then um, you know he's had a pretty successful career since then For sure. uh, and he's good like comic relief you know he uh, he really is like one of the comic relief points of the movie that he's feels like rookie cop who Sandra Bullock is sort of schooling while they're, you know, trying to keep up with Spartan. Mm-hmm. Um, Nigel Hawthorne, who is in the madness of King George uh, plays Cochran. So uh, you've got some, you know, you've got a, I think having a British person in that role gave that air of kind of snootiness <laughs> to that character, which helped <laughs> the you sm- dislike them. The smug uh, leader of the new society. Yeah. Not to say that all British people are like that. They're not. It's just uh, no. his character. That's how he came across. So. Yeah, it's a big snot. Yeah. Um, Glenn Shadix, who we saw in yeah. Beetlejuice and what else? I feel like he was in another Tim Burton movie. Seen Batman Returns too? He may have been. Yeah. I think. Um, but he shows up in all sorts of things. Wasn't, wasn't he? Oh, shoot. What am I thinking of? Yeah, Never he's mind. been Sorry. he's been he in like in, a he was number in Heathers of and Planet of the Apes. Heathers, yeah. Oh yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Had a voice um, in Nightmare Before Christmas. Right. Uh Troy Evans is another one of the, the cops who's around. Uh oh, yeah. he was we talked about him a little bit in our near dark episode last summer. Mm-hmm. Uh but yeah, he's uh, you know, we've seen him in Ace Ventura and uh, the Twin Peaks pilot, of course, and and many many other things. Uh, I did catch uh, uh, a a shot of Dan Cortez 
Does yeah. anybody remember Dan Cortez? Oh, yeah. From MTV, was it MTV Sports? MTV yes. Sports. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't get more 90s than Dan Cortez. Sure yeah. doesn't. Yeah, with, with, with Dennis Leary and Dan Cortez in the movie. It's, it's very 90s. Yeah. Where, where was he? He's at Taco Bell. He's like the uh, he's like a lounge singer. He's like playing a piano, and they, you just there's a shot of him for like three seconds, and then it's gone. So, uh, but wow. boy, it was good to see Dan again. Yeah, <laughs> been missing some Dan. Uh, Bob Gutton plays the uh, police chief, who was. You know, I don't remember him see, seeing him before this movie, but you know, he may have been one of those actors who started just, you know, appearing in film later in his career. Of course, uh, probably his best role is after this in Shawshank Redemption. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he's good as sort of the, I don't know, you know, he's not really a villain, but he's definitely towing the line of, uh, you know, what they should and shouldn't be doing. Um, so. But there's a good moment for him at the end when when these two societies are now sort of merging and he's just like completely at a loss of what he's supposed to do with himself. And it's like, you know, Stallone basically tells, he's like, you guys have to dial it down. Dennis Leary, you guys have to dial it up and you guys meet in the middle somewhere. So, yeah. Yeah. The middle is where everyone should be. Yes. Stallone, the ultimate peacemaker. <laughs> the destruct the havoc causes so much havoc and destruction, and then it brings the ultimate peace at the end. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then we've got uh, we've got a couple of so there's a lot of like lethal weapon tie-ins in this movie. Um, obviously produced by Joel Silver. There's sound effects. You know, all the gunshots they're the same sound effects that are used in the lethal weapon movies. So the the, the gunfire sounds exactly the same. Um, and we've got in the opening, we've got Grandel Bush as the helicopter pilot who later in the older version is played by Bill Cobbs, another character actor who's seen in a million things and is always great. Uh, and we've got Steve Kane is like Spartan's, uh, captain in the beginning of the movie. He's, mm-hmm. uh, he is Richard Donner's cousin who is the, uh, you know, the captain in all the lethal weapon movies. So. Got a few familiar faces in there. Uh, what else? So yeah, so that's that's the cast really. Um, what about the what about Mr. Jack Black showing up? Jack Black. I didn't even see. I mean, I saw his name in the credits, but did you catch where he was? It's when he fr- when he first meets Dennis Leary down below. There is there is one shot. Well, there's two shots where you can tell where he is, but he sort of makes a move, and then I don't know. It's 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 clearly him, but then they cut around him. And you don't really see much of him, uh, uh, you know. But there's like basically two shots where Jack Black's in it, and he like kind of grunts and says something. I think mm-hmm. I can't quite recall, but he doesn't get a line <laughs> in in the film. So, so this uh, so he's made two appearances on Reconciliation with Bob Roberts in this. Yeah. Uh, you know, so far we're just covering some of his yeah. smallest roles. Yeah, I mean, good for him. <laughs> Showing up. <laughs> uh yeah but that's uh and and that's yeah we mentioned jesse ventura and that's um uh all uh all the the really actors that stand out in the film the uh oh one other thing just going back what we another thing that they predicted that we missed guys is uh the the mention of schwarzenegger as uh, oh, yeah. as president so <laughs> all right 
Yeah, this is right. almost exactly ten years before he would uh, become governor of California. Yeah, yeah, Ch- entering politics, changing the landscape. Yeah, of things of like what Schwarzenegger is going to be president. He's going to be a political leader. Come yeah. on, that's just a dig at Schwartzy. Yeah, it's a funny little dig in their, you know, their competitive nature. Well, yeah, because they were the, you know, arch, uh, the top two action stars of the '80s, and they, but they had opened up Planet Hollywood by this point, right? Yeah, I think so. Right? I think so. Sure. Yeah, because yeah. that was them and Bruce Willis, right? Or was and it Bruce? Any- yeah, yeah. So the top three, right there. That was that was a huge deal. Yeah. Um, I do like in the movie that Wesley Snipes was going through the museum of violence or the hall of violence in the museum like where there's tons of active ammo and, yeah. and weapons. Like nothing is, it's all totally ordinance normal. that can be used. Uh, <laughs> uh, but then, you know, he mentions to the mannequin like, all right, Rambo, this looks good on you, but I'm going to take it or something like that. So yeah. Right. A, little, a little casual Rambo reference. Oh, they, yeah. Stallone loves doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Note to self when in, the museum and the civil war civil war room do not pull the trigger on the musket yeah <laughs> clearly it's going to be an, a weapon that will be very yeah. dangerous it is live and how okay. did you know all the weapons that the uh edgar friendly's group had you know how did they uh maintain those weapons and keep ammo for it uh for all this time i don't know that's the thing there's got to be a whole well, I don't know. Yeah, the whole society that runs on its own that is not part of this. You know, when they came for the guns, clearly there were people that were not going to let them go. Yeah, when uh, the pandemic struck, they rushed to the gun store and bought all the ammo, bought mm-hmm. all the guns. Another thing that is... Yep, that's relevant to uh, relevant an today. issue that's uh, present right now. So Yeah. Thanks a lot, you shit. Violations of the verbal morality statute. So much for the seashells. See you in a few minutes. All right, so let's talk. Uh, let's let's go back. Let's circle back to our box office talk and and hit that up. And uh, you know, we talked about the budget and how many days it went over schedule and. Uh, there's so many complications with action movies and so many, you know, there's all these additional units and you've got helicopter units and second unit directors and, and stunt sequences that are all being shot separately from uh, the main uh, unit with usually the regular cast. Uh, but it comes out October 8th, 1993, and it debuts at number one uh, ahead of Cool Runnings. Hmm. So... Yeah, yeah. Taking cool runnings down. Poor, poor cool runnings. Poor cool runnings. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah it ends up uh, doing fifty-eight million domestic, which was not a success, but one hundred and fifty-nine million worldwide. So Ooh. it did. Uh, you know, it did end up making money, um, and I'm sure it did very well. You know, we all just talked about how often we rented it or bought it on on home video. So. Yeah, uh, I think it uh, made a lot more money there as well. It ends up as the number 13 movie of 93. So uh, it's behind Cliffhanger. Cliffhanger was number eight. Uh, but this was uh, between In the Line of Fire and again, ahead of Cool Runnings. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's a top, you know, it's a top 15 movie for 93. Not bad. 
yeah i mean in a year of what jurassic park is is number one and yeah um you know there's a firm the firm don't forget the firm sleepless in seattle those john anybody watch the did anybody watch the firm more than once i've seen it like two three times i think i've (laughs) only seen it once yeah i like the firm I was I I saw the client and a time to kill were my John Grisham movies. Yeah, I watched a time to kill a bunch. Mm. Well, that's because it had McConaughey in it. All right, all right, a fellow, all right, yeah, a fellow Texan. Damn right, <laughs> that's how we do it. We stick together. We support each other. <laughs> wow, um, this yeah. this movie, man, I I forgot we've done this year so much with Groundhog Day and Grumpy Old Men also uh, in the in the top uh, of the of the year. So we keep, I mean, 93 is such a, one of our favorite movie, uh, years. I keep forgetting that we've done that. Oh, and there's so many more to, to cover, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so where does this rank for you guys on your Stallone meter? Stallone meter? Yeah. What are you talking uh, about? Like, how, how of, of you, like, the, move, the Stallone movies that you love. Oh, good God, man. Like, let's just say <laughs> Rocky is... Rocky's a one. You 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 know you love, or like let's reverse that. Rocky's a ten. Okay, mm-hmm. where does like Rocky's a ten and uh, maybe Driven is um is a one. Mm. So where does Demolition Man fall for you in that in that spectrum? Uh, I can tell you mine. I'd probably say I'd probably put this at like a like a six for Stallone because it's, six. it's fun. Um, it's a little ridiculous, but, yeah. uh, but I can have a good time with it. Well, I, yeah, I like Stallone when it's, it's, it's him having fun and being the action guy. And also if he can, I don't know, he has a little fun with himself. Like, so with Tango and, and, and Cobra and over the top, like this, this is in there with me, and I like I like the I like Oscar actually. I, I I know it's not a great movie. I think Oscar's a lot of fun. Um, you know, this is up there with me. So like entertainment value wise, like I dig it. I I I didn't think I was gonna like this as much uh, this the second go around. So in the this is up there with the fun kind of this mm-hmm. era. This is purely that era of him, and I I'm I'm I'm, I'm all in. So. So yeah, I mean, if Rocky's a ten, yeah, this is like a six or seven. Yeah, so yeah. I'm closer to it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think the comedy really helps this movie too. Whereas yeah. a movie like Judge Dredd and um, Assassins, like there's no, you know, especially as Stallone got older, it got harder and harder to buy him as this action star still. So. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm like okay with the specialist, but I haven't seen it in a right. really long time. But I used to really love it too. Uh, so I, I don't know. This one you can still have fun with. Like this and Cliffhanger, I think were were sort of the comeback movies for him for you know keeping his star his action star status. But I, I think these were the last really enjoyable ones for quite a while until you know it wasn't until Rocky Balboa really that I think he started to have a career you know upswing again right right 
Yeah, uh, I would I would agree. I mean, I think all, like you guys said, six or seven probably sounds about right. I mean, I think this upped his action credibility again. You know, yeah. in co- combination with Cliffhanger, gave him gave him several more years of mm-hmm. of uh, longevity. You know, before he had to really. I mean, he kind of disappeared for a while until he got to reinvent himself. Yeah, in a way. Yeah. So. That that you know early two thousands he was doing. I mean, there were movies that are essentially like straight to video that he was. Oh doing. yeah. So who would have thought that? Yeah. yeah, I mean, and he did great by coming back and revisiting the Rocky franchise, but taking that kind of like, you know, I mean, taking mm-hmm. the approach that he did. Like, I think obviously brought him back. Yeah. To, and the Expendables was was big yeah. for him too. So yeah. I, it's funny because we've been doing the show and I, I don't know if we're specifically trying to do Sylvester Stallone movies, but isn't this like our fifth one with him? Like yeah, Rocky, he's, yeah, Cliffhanger, he's, mm-hmm. uh, Tango and Cash, Tango, uh, Copland, mm-hmm. and this. Is that he's four a, or five? Well, you know why? Because he's a big part of our, of yeah. our upbringing. He's a big yeah. part of the 70s, 80s, and 90s. So yeah, we're going to keep talking. Like, you think we're not going to do Cobra? Well, you're wrong. Wrong. You're wrong. It's <laughs> Big time. <laughs> and I, I want to do Stop or My Mom Will Shoot that same year. So, you know, sure. <laughs> we, we have to celebrate the fun. We're doing, <laughs> we're definitely doing all three Rambo movies. I mean, it, it, there's a lot more Stallone in our future. There's so, so much Stallone. I mean, not going he, anywhere. he's almost. Have we the, do- oh, sorry, go David. Go ahead. I was going to say, he's almost like the poster actor of our show i mean i don't know i feel like he's gotten a lot of attention and and rightfully but again when I, when it's like hey we should do demolition man i'm not like oh good like yeah we haven't done stallone in a minute it's just like no this is like exactly the kind of movie we should be covering so yeah you're right it's he's just embedded uh, in this i, I don't know where so. where is schwarzenegger line up with you guys because this is my first stallone go with 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 you guys on the show but but schwarzenegger you've done as well right i mean you did predator we yeah. he has made one appearance on this show and it was yeah. Predator. What? Yeah, can you believe it? That so, seems a little lopsided. It is. We are we've talked about uh Terminator's been on the list a few times and it's come off, but uh we'll we'll be getting to to Mr. Arnold Schwarzenegger soon here. You better <laughs> he might make a visit to the studio if you don't. He's got a drive on. He could he can come and go as he pleases. Yeah. You know, I just don't want him kicking my door down. <laughs> uh, David had uh, Hercules in New York uh, on the list many times, but I keep rejecting it. So, I, sorry, David. I just really want to cover it. <laughs> um, no, we we uh, we're talking about a few things for later this year, but uh, anyway, let's circle back to Demolition Man. Uh, All right, so. How do you think, okay, how do you think, it, 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 you know, what is it, its legacy now? Do you feel like its legacy has changed because of what's gone on the last year? Uh, I think I think it's good to muse on the parallelism of, of, of society for it. I just, you know, I think, I, but once we move out of the COVID era, I don't know if people will be acknowledging this movie anymore. It's It, it became relevant and it's it's really a, more or less, you know, an uncontroversial kind of movie and it's enjoyable and it's, it's perfectly nineties. Um, I don't, you know, I don't think it's something 
that people need to see but i don't think if you like if you like stallone and 90s action like yeah i mean if you haven't if you managed to miss this it's a good movie to see and uh you know i don't i don't think it's really going to diminish it's it's exactly where it belongs you know only the this the right amount of people have seen it and i don't think that's going to change and i don't know if new generations will find it but it's uh i think it'll always have that place for us mm-hmm. um but you know it'll it'll eventually disappear um but it yeah well i think uh, that depends what happens uh yeah what happens with with covid with, right yeah i, I mean uh, yeah i i think if you know hopefully the it it uh dies down or goes away but or, or something um and yeah with that will probably the popularity of this movie will diminish but uh, you know who knows uh, if it continues to correctly predict things, then it'll find relevance again. Yeah. Well, I'm. I think yeah. It was. It wasn't a hard like joke to make. I think in like mid March or the end of March uh, of 2019 to be like, uh, and I made it, but I'm sure everyone else like have they invented the three seashells yet? Because it was hard to find toilet paper. <laughs> yeah. For like two and a half months. So. Yeah. Another um, relevance. Yeah. Yeah. So the toilet paper wars, we couldn't touch each other and there was no toilet paper. So how are we going to do this? And will we ever, I know there's a lot of theories and I'm not getting a, I'm not going to get into graphic detail about the the seashells, but there's, there's theories, specific theories about how that would function. Yeah. You can go online and find diagrams for how that would work. (laughs) I've looked it up. (laughs) This is what makes the internet fun. And you've tried it too. (laughs) <laughs> it is uncomfortable it, is, it does not work you, you've tried each diagram <laughs> yes each prototype I'm still trying to find the one that works yeah. <laughs> but uh you know there is uh there is discussion about making a sequel now uh it's come up stallone's pushing for it apparently and <laughs> really yeah well, i mean it, the whole second half of his career has been about re-upping on his his earlier movies yep. so yeah it makes, so why makes sense if it where's took, it over the top part two come on i know it there's is, more story there come on it would be 20 it'd be 2059 is where it would take place if it was like a natural <laughs> it would have like to, yeah like a natural yeah. progression in the yeah. distance that's great him and sandy b back uh if sandy b came back i'd, I'd be in for demo demo man too it'd be pretty incredible if she came back yeah. The um, Daniel Waters has said in an interview that uh, the the teaser trailer would be just a close up on the three seashells in like a you know a bathroom stall area, and then you just cut to like Stallone opening the door, and then <laughs> <laughs> Demolition <Yeah>. Man two. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that would draw audiences immediately. Probably, yes. yeah. Oh yeah. <clears throat> <laughs> Well, yeah, so I'm going to give it, uh, as far as our Jack Burton scale goes, I'm going to give it a, uh, I'm going to give it a, a, like a 7.5. Yeah, I'm right there exactly with you. Yeah, just just over the middle, um, you know, enjoyed it. Uh, I had more fun with it than I thought I was going to have. Right. I was very anti this movie for so long, and then now it's just... Obviously, the relevance uh, has helped, but uh, you know it's funnier than I remembered it, and I didn't take it as seriously. So, yeah, what yeah, about it's you, not, Brent? 
Uh, well, you know, it's it's not great, but it's fun, and you know, it's relevant in a really roundabout way. And so, you know, I mean, I enjoyed it watching it. I, I'd put it in, you know, probably high six, low seven, seven, mm-hmm. seven three, seven two, seven three. That's fine. Yeah. That's still so we're more all, than half. Yeah, yeah, we're all right in the same zone. This this is like a um a lesser like twister effect where you know twister was just a what a joy it was to cover that and watch that in in the lockdown era and yeah. you know i think twister you know it, it it got better through time and i feel like this is sort of like that just on a lesser degree yeah yeah it's the twister effect nice uh well there we go so that's uh that's demolition man and uh we're gonna be back uh, next week we've got another one coming up that we're not gonna we're not gonna spill the beans here right now, but it's gonna be a fun episode for a movie that I think a lot of people have not, uh, you know, maybe they remember it, but I think it's off a lot of people's radar. So uh, Ghostbusters stay- two, <laughs> Ghostbusters two, that's it. Yes. <laughs> uh, so stay tuned for that, and uh, just want to say a quick uh, thank you to our friends, like usual, Ek Wimmer for the theme song, and uh, please check out his podcast, Laser Graves. Uh, he recently covered an episode on a movie called Society that was a lot of fun. So uh, check that episode out and, and all of his really. But uh, And our friend uh, Curtis Moore for the poster. It's so much fun seeing what he comes up with every week. And we always uh, appreciate it. So don't forget to check us out on our social media platforms. We're at Reconcinimation Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and you can always find us at www.reconcinimation.com. And uh, guys, I think that's uh, that's gonna wrap it up for for Demolition Man. Are you guys gonna gonna check out your own uh, uh, three seashells and figure out how to use those? I, I, uh, you gonna try it out now that well, Brent already I, has? The thing I is, s- I'm I'm using the the five seashells now. So. Oh, that technique. I've Got upgraded, it. yeah. Jeez. I'm still trying to get rid of the rash from the last try. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, uh, we will see you next time on Reconsidimation. Take care. Bye now. Sir, I formally convey my presence. How are you doing? We are not used to physical contact greetings. Germs. Look, I don't know if you guys know it, but you're uh, you're out of toilet paper. Did did you say toilet paper? Oh, they used handfuls of wadded paper back in the twenties. <laughs> I'm happy that you're happy, but the place where you're supposed to have the toilet paper, you got this little shelf with three seashells on it. (laughs) He doesn't know how to use the three seashells. I can see how that could be confusing.